Blog Talk Radio. Time here, but we're gonna we're gonna break it down every way, shape, form possible, 
And uh, But as you guys know, I don't do this alone, in case you didn't catch. Uh, it's me, Commissioner T. Welcome to the Madden Voice. And I have my three co-hosts bringing them all on now as we speak. We've got K-Star, we've got JB, and we've got Dr. Train. Gentlemen, welcome to the Madden Voice. What up? Damn! Oh damn! <laughs> oh my God! Somebody killed a cat or something. Seriously? <laughs> hey man, that, that that Hall of Fame comment isn't looking as silly anymore. That's no punchline. Get out of here. Let's go, Cam. And and right away, and right away, I'm coming with this love of swinging because I'm upset because the, the introduction was so preposterous for how you introduced Denver and how you introduced Carolina. It was Denver led by Peyton Manning. The Panthers, led by Cam Newton, or really the Cam Newton, or is it the defense? But really, you know you should be saying that about Peyton Manning and the Broncos' defense. Um, but it is what it is. Well, well it is first, what it first, is. Of all, first of all, let's go back, because I like how you slid in your little comment and moved on, because you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip it apart. When you said the Hall of Fame comment, it was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely oh, okay. ridiculous. Okay? They, 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 absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so uh, yes, it, it, you can't. So that's all you can't now, I... four years later, say, "Oh well, you know, you know like like nothing." You know, uh, like I nothing. can. I can because okay. it's like I think he could retire and then go to the Hall of Fame. It's not what I meant when I made the comment, like, "Oh, now he's in the Hall of Fame." It's, no, this is going to be a Hall of Fame player in the making. Okay, okay, let's 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 not recreate history. He had done nothing at no, that time to deserve the... it. He had done nothing at that time to deserve a Hall of Fame, anything. You know it. I know it. The guys know it. Let's move on. I don't waste my time with Hall of Fame talk because the guy had a great year, and he's on a, he's on a, a solid team. And, yes, they are the NFC uh, uh, Conference champions. And just to answer your second question, um, yeah, I saw, I saw a Denver team with a um, backup quarterback that everyone – thought was going to take him to the promised land, a Peyton Manning that everyone thought was washed up, all done. And, yeah, he has led them to victories where the other guy who's younger, better arm, um, couldn't do it. So, yes, the other guy played the same defense. So, yes, I'm giving Peyton Manning some of the credit for how he leads the team. We know his arm ain't the same. I get it. I, I'm not delusional like you, K-Star. I know no, 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 no. I'm just saying done, it's funny how but you, I'm saying it's his leadership. It, that's all. Yeah, because on Denver, that man is the leader. On Carolina, right. Cam Newton's a leader. But I, I got to tell you, Cookley and Davis and them boys, that defense is something special. That defense is something yeah. special. Yeah, you can't deny that. It's something special. So, so, so is the – Broncos defense, what they just did to Tom Brady. The pass rush was insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. But for you to sit there and, and you know, and, and the reason I did that is because Cam Newton doesn't deserve to be put in the same conversation with Peyton Manning just yet. Hey, you know, <laughs> not, let's not even go there. Let's see what happens over the oh, next few years. Uh, Maybe we'll come back in a few years and feel differently. But right now? No. No, but right now he's a better player. Well, define better player, better, um, um, better younger. quarterback, better everything. Okay, okay, because you're talking about a 39 year old guy that's played for 18 years. Yes, yeah, that's why I said that. Okay, yeah, oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, right now he's a better player than Tom Brady too. But who would you take on your team? Sorry, I'm taking Brady all day. So, your point? I wouldn't. 
Nah, Cam's not better than Brady. I wouldn't go that far. But. Oh, he's not better than Brady, but he's better. Okay. Nope. All right. All right. Gentlemen, let's talk, let's bring some guys on that actually that actually like, understand football. <laughs> JP, welcome to the Man Voice. Oh, just listening to the gibber jabber. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know you guys caught the intro, though. I'm just saying I had to fix it. I wasn't going to let it slide the way it was framed. You can't fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Listen, I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. Cam Newton is a great QB, but he is not what you profess him to be. I still believe that. I've watched his games. He's a good leader. He's got a lot of talent, but I don't see what you keep saying you see. His numbers are okay. I mean, I think he's probably one of the best dual threats outside of Michael Vick in his prime we've ever seen in this game. Um, but, you know, what, what you possess with Cam, I, I just don't see that. I see a very good quarterback who, like Russell Wilson, um, has benefited from a great defense. And, yeah, he makes some plays, but he's also benefiting from a great defense. You know, when you play a team that has six turnovers, Four interceptions, two fumbles. That's six more possessions that you didn't plan on having. Yeah, you're gonna and and yeah, he executed and got them in the end zone. No, no, no doubt about it. But that helps. That helps. I mean, let's yeah. just call it like this. And ain't nothing wrong with that. That's the game. That's the way the game's supposed to be played. But I'm a realist. I can identify that. Same thing with Denver. Peyton Manning is not the Peyton Manning of old. But Peyton Manning is still he was still played well enough to score just enough points to beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So that's all I'm saying. So anyway, Doctor Payne, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm so good, man. It's a Tuesday. Doing good. Tuesday. The first game. Um the uh Panth uh, I'm sorry, the uh Patriots and the Broncos, and uh, train, you know, being a man of your, uh, you know, you know, your your intelligence. Um, talk to me about that Denver pass rush, and um, and let me just before you do that, let me just say, congratulations to Marcus Ware. I'm very very happy for you. You gave Dallas nine good years, and no hard feelings, brother. I'm I'm happy for you. Vaughn um, Miller should be very happy to have you because. You're part of the reason he's able to be so goddamn successful. They can't hate both of you guys. So that's a, that's a tandem and a half right there. But Dr. Train, I just had to I had to recognize my man Demarcus Ware. I got his jersey, okay. my boy. Got to recognize. But what, what what did you think about that Denver defense and what they did to Tom Brady? Um, I thought it's exactly what Denver needed in order to beat Tom Brady. Uh, as you, you get, both of you have already stated, Peyton Manning is not the Peyton Manning of old. Um, he's still mentally, I believe he's all still there. I think he can still read a defense for, before a snap. I think he can still put his, put his people in position to make plays before a snap. Um, but reaction in, in, in the game may not be the same. Arm strength definitely may not, may not be the same. But, hey, we did see him scramble for a play. I was like, wow. But they were decent, spectacular job. I, I think it's what that team needs to be complete. This is definitely not the same team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. 
I am really hoping that they deliver a better performance than they did two years ago against Seattle. This is definitely a better defense. Cam Newton would definitely fill some key, but superb job against uh, Tom Brady. And, 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 man, even still, you know, with all they, all they did, Tom Brady being Tom Brady, they still had a chance to win, to win the game. And from some of the analysis that I've saw since that game, the one person who he normally throws the ball to, he missed on the two-point conversion because he decided to throw it to the back, throw it backside while he was rolling right. Unbelievable. He just completely missed Grump. Wide open, well, not necessarily wide open, but he was beating his man towards the back of the end zone. Mm. So, like I said, superb job out of Denver. And that, and that still is credit to the Denver defense because when the defense rattles you that much in the game and it's time to deliver, you miss things. We saw Aaron Rodgers do it. So, but one person who needs the pep talk is Demary Thomas. I, mm. I don't know what's into that, brother. Um, I don't know if he feel like he done just hit the pay dirt, but he needs to earn that paycheck. And come come 12 days from now, he needs to show why he's the top wide receiver in the league. Because right now, Emmanuel Sanders outshining him like crazy. I'm one, I'm one as I see Emmanuel Sanders play, I'm wondering why Pittsburgh let him go. Can you imagine him next to next to Antonio Brown? That's all I'm <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say this one thing about Pittsburgh. The last thing they really need any help in right now is their receiving core. They're 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 good. <laughs> Given that they their receiving core is on point. Um, but yeah, Sanders is the truth, and Demarius Thomas needs to step up. You getting paid Des Bryant money, and you looking like you know freaking you know John John Johnson Bryant. You know what I mean? Like you ain't you ain't you supposed to be in that level, that elite level that top five NFL level because you're making top five NFL money um, and you ain't playing like it, bro. So I agree. I co-signed that statement completely. JB, anything to I add? What were your th- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Train. Let me let you finish. No, I was just going to make it, you know, just, just adding on to what you just said. I mean, did you see the one pass that he actually caught and the DB is on his back? The DB barely got a hand. He got a hand on the ball. But I mean, barely got a hand in there on the ball and he lets him knock it out. Yeah, I like, saw no. that. Yeah. No, you don't do that. No. Right. Not for the money you getting paid. I agree with you completely. Agree with you completely. JB, anything to add? Well, right now, Owen Daniels is playing better than Demarius Thomas is, for crying out loud. I mean, there you go. It, it's gotten got to that point. Um, to go back to the defense, because that's really the highlight of the game. And um, I was, like everybody else, thoroughly impressed with the number of times they not only hit Brady, but how they hit him. You look back at that game, and you'll see every time they got a hold of him, they got a hold of him. It wasn't just a little tap push down. I mean, it was solid, clean shot. And I know that the line has got some, some holes in it, and they've had to use, I think, 19 different uh, starters in, in, in their offensive line, so they don't have that continuity. But I don't know if it would have made a difference uh, on Sunday. I honestly don't. Those guys came after him. They had the ears pinned back. The uh, secondary played well. Obviously, you're not going to stop and grind. You can, you can just, like they say, hope to contain him. But the pressure that they put on, on Brady was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. That's, and and I, I'll uh, co-sign with Train again. That's the game they had to play in order to win. That is 
how they had to play. That was the, the blueprint for them to win, and they executed that blueprint phenomenally. Uh, can't say enough about how that defense played. Peyton is not Peyton, but this, the, the having home field advantage throughout the playoffs, I think, helped. I think going into the Super Bowl, the fact that he's got two weeks additional time to rest, he looks a lot sharper now than he had before he got hurt with the, with the foot injury. So this time off is really helping him because everything else is, is getting stronger. Foot's getting stronger, obviously, by the, the way he's been scrambling a bit. He just seems a bit sharper. So, no, he's not the Peyton Manning of old, but he's certainly a better version of Peyton Manning than we saw prior to the injury. Well, and, and let me add this. You know, in, in fairness, because I don't feel that Peyton's getting enough love, he was so great that even if he's 70% of who he was, it's still better than probably 30 quarterbacks in the NFL, if, in my opinion. You know, and and maybe physically he doesn't – I really think the only thing that's lacking, although I don't know that Peyton Manning ever really had a rifle, I think the only thing that's lacking really is the arm strength. I think his football IQ – his understanding of the game, uh, K-Star said something about, you know, uh, his reaction time. I, I don't see that at all. I think everything that else. Me. Oh, that was you? Okay. I, I don't yeah. see that lacking at all. I think the only thing that looks a little underwhelming is I don't see him, you know, going 60. He's not doing Aaron Rodgers and throwing a Hail Mary 60 yards. I don't. I mean, maybe he can pull one out of his ass. Maybe he can. But routinely, I don't. I don't see that. That just his arm doesn't look strong enough at this point to do that. But everything else looks like looks like Peyton Manning. Maybe the accuracy might be maybe maybe a little bit, but I don't know. It was hard because like you very perfectly said, Train. I mean, when you got guys like Demarius Thomas, you know, and you're battling a defensive back for a catch, man, you getting paid enough money, you make that catch. You know, Antonio Brown's going to make that catch. Des Bryant, when healthy, is going to make that catch. Calvin Johnson's going to make that catch. Brandon Marshall's going to make that catch. Those are all your peers, bro. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Well, Fitz, man, he he disappointed me. We're going to we, we gonna get to that game in a minute. Under normal circumstances, yeah. But he, he didn't show up much either in this game, man. I, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, But, yeah, I, I, so, I just, I just want to say that. For Peyton Manning at 39 to be going in as the oldest starting quarterback in the NFL, his fourth uh, Super Bowl, I'm pumped about it myself. I think this guy, I think when Cam Newton looks across the sideline and sees Peyton Manning, he should be he should be looking at him and saying, that's everything I want to be in this league. Successful, the face of the league, you know, intelligent, not that Cam isn't intelligent, but, you know, you, you know, but, but always, no matter win, lose, win or lose, it doesn't matter. Can't Peyton Manning's right there when they lose. Hey, you know, man, uh, you know, what, what a game. I mean, they, they got us today, but you know, like he always has the right answers, always poised, you know, even when they accused him of HGH a few weeks ago and he was ripping mad, he kept his composure. You tell he was seething, but composed, you know, and I just, I think my heart, my, my, listen, let me just cut to the chase, okay, I'm a black man, okay, and Cam Newton coming from Auburn, and I see this young 26-year-old black man, I look at all the people looking up to him, I want him to be like he was this year, every year, I don't want it to be, 
because you had a car accident. That's my theory. I don't want it to be because someone had to sit you down and slap you around. I don't know where it came from. But those last couple of years when he's doing it, you know, that towel over the head and I only run the place, that disgusted me. And I haven't forgotten that yet. So that's why I give him a hard time because he is that great. He is. He is a winner. He is a champion. Okay? Win, lose, or draw, he needs to stay at this elite level of play and of attitude. End of attitude. Regardless. And when I see that, I'll get off his back, man. I will be, I will, you know what? I'll get off his back. But I'm not getting off his back because after a successful season, we're seeing, I want to see what happens when adversity hits because it will hit. And then if he remains this composed and this, you know, positive and this upbeat, and still look like he's out there having fun, win, lose, or draw, and this much of a leader, you know what? I'll be the first one to say, hey, guys, Cam has made it. Cam is there. That's that's today's that's today, that, new four horsemen. You know? But I don't know yet because, hey, you know, you, you, know, you, you got everything's going your way this year. You know, you ain't got hit with no adversity. It's easy to smile and do the dab, dab dance, whatever the heck that is, and Superman pose and pictures and all that when everything's going great. I want to see when they hit adversity, and I want to see how he handles well, it. Well, T, let me let me jump in here real quick for 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 some comments you made. You know, as far as where it come from, to be honest with you, I don't think it matters. Um, if if he wasn't what we wanted, what we you know expected him to be, and I feel you, uh, trust me, I'm there with you as far as as far as black man, as far as role model, as far as you know, kids looking up to you and being somebody they can look up to, but. Uh, for me, it doesn't matter where it, where it came from. If it came from him having action, by all means, whatever it took to change that man's life, I'm grateful it happened because he's a different individual. Now, I can feel you playing the wait-and-see game to, to, to see more because in order for him to be even considered close to being a Hall of Fame, it does have to be consistent. It can't just be one year. And maybe they will hit in more adversity. I, I feel like they hit some adversity this year with some of the things that, that he had to do while playing. Uh, but at the same time, just that one comment about you saying you don't want it to come from an accident or a pep talk, sometimes that's what's needed. Something is needed to make you turn everything around and, and be that role model that you need to be. So by all means, if that's what needs to happen for Cam, I'm glad it happened for Cam. And like well, you, just, I hope okay. it continues. Uh, and let me just say this. Maybe I wasn't clear. I wish he had – I don't care what it caused. My theory is it was the accident. Okay, I don't care what caused it. I'm disappointed that it took that to do it. Maybe I wasn't clear. Because for two, at least two seasons, he was getting ripped apart everywhere for his attitude, and nothing shook him. He just, it was like he didn't care. He was still doing the same thing. Everybody was giving him a hard time. We were on this show. You know, all, all the shows out there. What's going on with Cam Newton? All the, you know, and, 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 it, and he didn't care. So that, that was my problem is, you know, you, you, you go home, you have a game, you do the crap interview, you go home, you turn on NFL Network, Sports Center, whatever, you see yourself, nothing, in, this is a highly intelligent young man, from what I can see, nothing in your brain said, damn, I look like garbage, I need to stop doing that. So that's my problem. I'm disappointed in that. I haven't forgotten that. I don't care what caused him to change. If it was the accident, if he just woke up, if it was, uh, you know, the love of a good woman, I don't really care. But I am skeptical still because I don't really think they've seen much adversity this year. I mean, they've lost one game. And at the time they lost the game, they were, they were already in the playoffs. 
and they were on the verge of you know, clinching home field advantage. And frankly, we all agreed that that loss was probably the best thing that could have happened to them. So I, I don't view that as adversity. I want to see if they come out next season and go two and four to start the season or one and three, you know, let's, you know, or, or something like that. And I'm not saying it will. I don't know. It's a long way off. Let me see how he handles it. And if he still remains the same guy that I see right now, within reason, okay, I'll come right on this show and I'll say, okay, Cam is there. He is arrived. But I, I, I will see. Um, but since we're talking about Cam and the and the and the the, the uh, Panthers and the and the Cardinals, um, JB, let me go over to you, man. Um, you know, was it the case of Carolina? just being that good or, you know, is Arizona exposed and really um, overrated? I don't think it was um, Arizona being overrated. Exposed maybe is probably the term I would stick with. But I think Carolina just played a complete game. And when you have Carson Palmer throwing four interceptions, that's obviously going to give more time for Cam to do the damage that he did. And when you've got people flying all over the ball, pick sixes here and interceptions there, uh, it, it makes makes a good team look bad. And I think that Carolina defense is, in some ways, maybe maybe underrated. Maybe they're even better than what people are giving them credit for. Because when I watched that game, um, I couldn't believe it. I thought the Broncos' defense was serious. Now I'm seeing Carolina's defense, and they've been doing it consistently throughout the year, but it seemed like they just stepped it up to another level when I watched them on Sunday. So I wouldn't say that Arizona's overrated. I think Carolina just made a good team look subpar. Okay. Uh, K-Star, same question. Was Carolina that good or Arizona overrated? Both? Neither? Um, it was. It was both. I think it was kind of the totality of the season, a lot of questions were answered. It was not only, you know, was, was the Panthers kind of underrated, like more underrated than it should have been given the record. Um, it was also the the Cardinals, you know, were a really good team, but they played a much better team. Because the Panthers were the much better team on Sunday. I mean, it was the type of thing where we saw, I mean, from both ends of the ball, you know, from both sides of the ball, you saw how good, uh, Cam Newton and the Panthers' offense was, and he also saw how good the defense was, and it became a situation where the Cardinals, you know, were were down early, just as Seattle was for those same exact reasons. And um, when you have a combination like a great offense and great defense, and you you know you start the game out slow, which which Arizona did, and and had some red zone turnovers combined to a uh, couple or to to go with that, then you know that's what happens when you come that way in a championship game, especially on the road. Um, so I think that Arizona was a really good team all year. I don't think anything changed it. I just think it was, you know, more or less Carolina being showing how great they were, um, not only as a team but at, at home, and that they were up for the challenge. Train. And, and before you go to train, T, let me just yep. throw one thing out there too. But before I forget and lose my train of thought, I was impressed to see uh, Ron Rivera push the offense. He he did not want to make the same mistake that was made against the uh, the Seahawks. He wanted to send a message not only to the rest of the NFL and obviously to uh, their AFC foe, but he wanted to send a message to his own teammates. You play 60 minutes. And he pushed them and made them play 60 minutes. And uh, I was impressed and glad to see that. That's that's just what I wanted to add in. Well, 
if you're speaking to the two-point conversion with about seven, eight minutes to go, when they were up 40 to 15, I think that was the most despicable thing I've seen a guy that I have a lot of respect for do in a long time. I, you, yes, I, I know your team has had second-half collapses. You truly think that they're coming back from 40 to 15 with seven, eight minutes left in the game? You truly believe that enough to go for two? So instead of a 25-point lead, which would have been 26, so they still need four scores, you're going to make it a 27-point lead where they still need four scores. I don't get it. I've read up. I don't. I not, no one has given me one reason other than what you just said, Jay, which I buy as to why you do that. I just I don't get it. That to me is a Bill Belichick poor sport move. You're blowing them out. What do you, What do you need that extra point for? It's not. You, you, yeah, they need. They need four touchdowns. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the two point conversion. It's just more the play calling and the aggressive behavior. Okay. Well, I mean, your explanation is probably the best one I've heard, sending a message to the league that pushing his team, we're not going to fold in the second half. That's probably the best explanation I've heard for why you would do that. I just, when I saw it, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, and I'm trying to figure out why. And I'm looking at the points. I'm doing numbers in my head. I'm like, okay, hypothetically, if they did eight times eight times eight, that's 24. So, no, that ain't it. Um Eight times eight times eight twenty four plus a field goal. Okay, that's twenty seven. Really? So you think they're gonna score three touchdowns, three two point conversions, and then a field goal in seven minutes? Like, uh, you know, like I I couldn't get there. So that that I I didn't I had a problem with. I think he was sending a message to his own team. I mean, really, to 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 not back off, to not you know get complacent because you have a lead. I mean, we, again, you know, it's happened with them where they had they had to lead so many times this game or this season, and then they've let teams come back into the game. So probably it was more or less, uh, you know, establishing that sense of urgency that they should always have because they've had those lapses before. Yeah, I guess I just I don't I don't I don't I don't see it. Um, Doctor Train, Arizona overrated. Carolina just that damn good. Is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm going to the thing over here. Come on back, yeah. Dr. Train. I see you now. All right, Mom. I, I had to call back in because my call dropped, and I, I, I thought I was still alive. So I was, I've been listening, though. Um, uh, I, I don't – I think Carolina is that good. I mean, that's a – they show dominance, and yeah, you made you made a statement earlier, T, that yeah, when the defense gets you six turnovers, there's six extra scores. But if you turn it into points, that's even better, and, and that's what they did uh, for the for the most part. And that was just that was that was just dominance all around. But I don't necessarily think the Cardinals overrated. I think they were just thoroughly outmatched. Whether they wasn't prepared. I, I don't even think it would be a different outcome if it was played again. I think Carolina is just simply the better team. I mean, it was. I said that's, that was a, that was a very dominating game, and I didn't really notice the whole thing. I, I saw when they scored the two point con, con, conversion. I wasn't really thinking on the same lines as you see as, as to why they do it, why they did it. I just looked up and saw forty nine. I was like, oh, that's seven touchdowns. I, I, <laughs> That's what I was like. Oh, that's, 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 I didn't even think anything of it. But uh, in either way, either. Um, 
still just a dominant performance by a team, and uh, I feel like, you know, he definitely has the players. He definitely has the talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, Ron Revere is on a mission. Really, and I can't wait till we start talking about coaches because I'm finna, I'm gonna make some connections. Like, all right. Well, and just to be clear, the the two point conversion I'm speaking of was the second to the last touchdown. It was 34 to 15. They scored, made it 40 oh, to 15, okay. and then they went for two to make it 42 to 15. And um, I just thought that it was that was not something that you do at that point in the game. You know, they talk about the NFL being a brotherhood of fraternity, you know, these you know, I mean you compete for sixty minutes but then you walk away, shake hands and you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, you you gotta imagine that a Carson Palmer and some of these guys and the other Larry Fitzgerald and these guys, you know, it's like you're running up the score pretty much. That's what you're doing. That's why I said it's a Bill Belichick because he's known for doing that, running up the score. And I, I just I didn't think Ron Rivera was that that would do something like that. So, um, uh, all right, let me run. I think we well, have a call. he did call. come from the 85 Bears, man. Uh, yes, he they didn't did. Care about, they didn't care nothing about how much they ran score. They scored for as long as they could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a little bit of a different era 30 years ago, too. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That is where he came from. Uh, let's grab this call. We have a 404 area code sitting on the line. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Gentlemen, how you doing? How you doing? Well, great. All right, same here, same here. Uh, no, that's that's an interesting point though about the uh, the whole running up the score thing. Uh, I think everybody hit on the point of why he did it, but no matter what, I don't think you want to make an enemy of Bruce Arians, who's a great mind, great coach, and he's never going to forget this. And at some point, he will attempt to get payback. So I, I'm with you on that standpoint. Uh, okay. As far as the game. As far as the game, no, I, I don't think it was a thing of Carolina was just that much better than them. Uh, you play this game in Arizona, I think you have a totally different result. I just think we saw one Carson Palmer. I, I mean, he's known at certain times to have the yips. And in this game, uh, he looked a little shook. Uh, some of his reads weren't there. The field was sloppy, of course. Uh, Carolina's the home team. They have that. They have that uh, ability to make the field sloppy against a team with speedy receivers, as they should. Every team could, should take their advantages where they can find them. But but Carson Palmer, he just came up so short as a franchise guy and as a guy whose legacy could have been on the line because you never know if you ever get there again. And it was sad to see him come out and disappoint his team that way. And when you see your quarterback looking shook, it makes other people press. You start to try to make plays that aren't there, a.k.a. trying to catch a punt on the run uh, in, a, in a big game, huge risk for no reason. Uh, you start to make plays like that. And by the end of the game, it was like nightmares of Jay Schrader. And what, what was my man in Carolina who had that, that, that six turnover game? Like, this is, this is a horrible Jake, quarterback Jake game. Jake, Jake DeLome, yep. Jake yep. DeLome, yeah. This is a horrible quarterback game by him. And I, I don't really think he's getting enough enough of the uh, of the smack on him on this because he let, played this way last week though too. Exactly, that's true too. At, which caused and, and him to hang around. Yeah, and he was at home, so I don't think they would have beat Carolina. But yeah, he was definitely uh, pretty terrible. Yeah, I'm not saying win. I'm just saying forty. I'm just saying to get beat down like that. Yeah. Right. Well, the problem. Right. The, the problem. Train, and the other thing was coming. 
And, and your same gentleman called us a few weeks ago, right? Indeed, indeed. Yeah, okay. I forgot your name, but I remember the voice. Um, yeah, but, nice. uh, what's up, man? What's happening, man? Yeah. What's yeah. up, man? Um, now, Jay, I think he's calling down your way. Actually, 404, right? Yes, sir. Indeed. That would be okay. ATL. Right. Um, but listen, when we talk about Carson Palmer, um, this is what, this is, you know. <laughs> and if you turn on TV One, they're on right now. He was straight up garbage. He, he, I mean, I'm not giving him a pass at all. He was garbage. He was absolutely horrible. Um, I was so disappointed in his play, um, you know, because I think when you have the offense not executing and then at the same time the defense presses because they realize the offense ain't making any plays, so then you have what we consider to be a very good defense pressing. I mean, the team just imploded. You know, it's, it's a mechanism that both sides work together. And, you know, you yeah. saw on the other side of the field what happened when you have an offense that is making plays along with a defense that's making stops, and you have that mechanism working together. You know, you saw it in Denver where you had the defense all over Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning played just enough to make enough plays to get the win. He He's, he's a, to me, probably the smartest quarterback in the game. He got just enough done. He knew what his defense was capable of. He said, I know what I need to do. I need to make and, – and let, let me just go back to the Patriots game real quick. Um, and and, and let, let's remember, that's a different game if that extra point is made. Okay? Yeah. Let's just not forget how big that extra – that missed extra point was. Because if he makes that extra point, now we're talking 1919 and maybe overtime or something. But you miss that extra point, and what happens? Brady's got to go for two, right? So that's a different game. You also had a situation where they went for a fourth down. I think it was fourth and two or something instead of kicking a field goal. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think that that was part of the psyche. I'm not going for a field goal. I don't know if I don't know if Gostowski, whatever his name is, who is a great kicker, is it something wrong? You know, is he is he shook? Well, let me not risk it. Let's go for it. I don't know about that play call. The play call was pretty atrocious, but, you know, I, I digress. Yeah. Um, but anyway. And, and, all right. and look, can I get in yeah. on New England before you cut me? Well, yeah. on New England, yeah. this is another thing that I think has to be said. When you're a genius like Bill Belichick, sometimes you outsmart yourself, and that no roster bolts. construction was the problem. Because when you look at it, if we have Deion Lewis healthy in this game, I think I think we're looking at a different New England team. Tom Brady didn't have the weapons, and he didn't, and he didn't have the protection. That, that, that's just point blank. Period. That great defense coming off the edge, it just, it just was too much at a certain point, and you were asking him to, to win the game. Uh, Manning, he knew he had to get up early, and then after that, he played conservatively, played smart football, and allowed the defense to carry him home. Uh, salute to him. I didn't think he could do it, but he pulled it off. But Tom Brady, uh, I, I would compare it to Dirk Nowitzki in the NBA, to where management let him down. This is the end of his career. He needs to have all weapons at his disposal. James White out of the backfield is not Deion Lewis. You had to get something more comparable or some other weapon for Brady to be able to deal with the offensive line deficiencies going against that D-line. So, I mean, 
Great. Uh, shout sure. out to him for standing for standing in there, man, because a, a lot of people, Carson Palmer included, uh, would have broken down under that pressure. Tom Brady stood in there and fought all night. And, and Gronk, man, Gronk's a Hall of Famer, man. That, that yeah, dude, look, great. Look, he might not be able to spell, man, but that dude can ball, man. Let me just ask you this question. Though. Let me ask you this question. You say they needed more weapons, but Gronkowski, Edelman, Amendola, I mean, ain't too many teams that can claim to have, you know, Gronkowski, to me, forget Jordan Reed. I don't know why everybody's high on Jordan Reed in Washington. Gronkowski's the best receiving um, tight end in the game, period. No okay. Um, Edelman is a game changer. That He changes that whole offense, okay? And, and Amendola went healthy. I mean, I'm a Cowboy fan. We had him in Dallas. Problem why reason we let him go is he got hurt too much. But when he's healthy, he's a game changer. He's like a Wes Welker, you know, and runs a slot and he's a game changer. I, I mean, you know, there's only so much money, you know what I mean? There's only so many dollars to go around. Um I don't know where they could have found <laughs> you know, I think I think over if you look at Belichick's history, he's been a master at finding guys sitting on the couch or late round or undrafted picks and bringing them in and, and making these guys short-term stars. He's been probably the best in the NFL at being able to do that, you know, with his scheming. And, of course, with you know having a Tom Brady back there certainly doesn't hurt. Um, so I, I really don't know what else they could have done. And, you know, had some injuries this year to some key players on offense. Yeah, but, 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 right, but, the, but that, that's my point. Once you become the best at that, you start to rely on it and think that you can always do that. that. That's my point with Belichick, the great Bill Belichick. This is not a knock against him. It's just saying <laughs> typically people who are the smartest guy in the room, after a while they start to play that hand way too much, and he played it too much. So you draft offensive linemen uh, in succession, and you do it to kind of play insurance, and you should have spent that money elsewhere while you have Brady in the final years of his days. Because when it came down to it, you had a patchwork offensive line anyway. You but you I mean? can't so, account. My my thing is you can't really account for injuries, man. You do your best to account for injuries, and they did. But you can't. At some point, it just simply catches up with you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I think they did well to get him as many pieces as they could. But he almost went into this game without without element. I mean, he had to play for a few weeks without him just to get this far. So at some point, no matter how much management or GM does, your injuries will decimate your team and you can't get by them. And, yeah, true enough, if he had Deion Lewis, some more of his offensive linemen, we might be talking about Patriots-Carolina rematch. But injuries eventually catch up with you. And I don't think you can pretty much blame that on management. They don't get them injured. They just try to get someone in there. Well, okay. Well, let me make my major point there. When you got Edelman and Amendola going over the middle and you're doing these one- to two-second routes to where you just want them to uh, uh, kind of in space use their quickness and get open, what does that mean? They're going to get hit a lot. So if you're relying yeah. on that for the whole season, it's likely that they're going to get hurt. That's more realistic no. than saying we're just going to march them out there and they'll play. Like, We've yeah. got to do some risk risk aversion here at, at a certain point. The risk, so this is where I've I got to come in on this. Um, they've been doing this past few years where they pass quickly. Brady's always had a very quick release. I wouldn't fault them for finding those kind of players in which make the passing game quick as it does. That, that passing game hasn't been an issue. 
I don't even think the passing game was the issue. I think that maybe their play calling was an issue um, in the sense that when they were passing, sometimes they would go five wide on Benoit's wide to me because Brady was getting hit every play. Um, and the fact that they didn't take their field goals really is the biggest point in that game, which I could see, um, you know, maybe question Belichick there because had they taken their field goals in those two drives they were in the red zone for, they would have won the game, um, provided they made another one uh, towards the end. So uh, I think that's more deserving of criticism because the Patriots as personnel and town developers are really the best um, in the league. And I don't think that saying because they're too reliant on a quick passing game as, you know, their downfall. I don't really agree with that because even despite all those injuries, they still find ways to win. Um, you know, the offense had its injury issues as well. Okay, well, let, let me ask you this. Man. In that five-wide set, we, with who he has on the outside going deep, who are you more worried about, that inside stuff or the guy on the outside? My point is get a real guy on the outside that can threaten the defense, take the top off, give Gronk the middle of the field, and also give your short guys all the room they want and we're dealing with a whole different Tom Brady. I'm talking about, remember when uh, Tom Brady had a certain guy with an attitude from uh, yeah. Brand, West Virginia? And you yeah, that, that? That, that, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Brand, Brandon LaFell yeah. was supposed to be that guy, and Brandon LaFell has not played to that level. I mean, you only have a certain amount of money to spend. You can't go out and get Randy Mosses every year. You know, you 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 know. So let, let this isn't this isn't this isn't Madden. I know we're the Madden voice, but this isn't Madden NFL. You know, the video game. This this is a real salary cap. Where yeah, it would be nice to go out and get a burner. You know, uh, uh, you know, a six foot three, you know, two hundred and twenty pound guy that can run a four three forty to complement Amendola and Edelman. Those guys don't grow on trees, and those guys. Guys, if they have any level of hands, they're gonna cost. And so, what are you giving up? What do you What are you sacrificing when you go and sign that guy? You know, you draft him, or you you know, if he's even out there, because I don't know that that guy is out there available right now. But then, what are you giving up? Because when you spend that money, that means somebody else is going. That means you're giving up something. Are you giving up an offensive lineman? Because we saw what happened to Tom yeah. Brady. Offensive line coach got fired yesterday, right? So, what are you giving up? You know what I mean? So keep that in no, mind. No, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going Madden on you guys. I'm saying you don't have to, you don't have to trade down every year and draft linemen, linemen in the middling rounds. One year you can go in the second round and get Brady a guy and say, look, this is what I'm doing for you. Y'all remember when we were growing up when the draft would come on and they would say uh, Denver is at such and such pick and this receiver's on the board. I don't think Elway will let them pass on that guy. That's the kind of respect Tom Brady should get, is my point. I, I know y'all remember that because it happened every year. If there was a guy there and you had Elway or somebody, look, you got to get him for him. You, you have to do it. And, and I think they failed him in that. Now, look, I'm not talking Belichick. I'm just saying, of course, with the Monday morning quarterback information of the loss, you know what I mean, I'll add the hat, that I think they could have gone a different way. So it's yeah. easy to do it after the fact. Let me step in there for a minute. I mean, if that's the route now that you're going, then in the past few drafts, who's that player that they didn't pick that would have been that person? You see what I mean? And and we need not forget that this is the same team that won the Super Bowl last year working off that same formula. Yeah. So game, games are won and lost in the trenches. That's first and foremost. Games are won and lost in the trenches. And when you've got a banged-up offensive line, that's going to spell tons of trouble. So the fact that the Patriots got this far with a Patrick offensive line is is a, a tip of the cap to to Belichick, 
the offensive coordinator to Brady to keep that, that engine going. To get a burner is, is great. That's Monday morning quarterback. We'd all like to have that. But that formula's been working for quite some time. They just got beat by a team that played harder, wanted it just a little bit more, and it still almost came back and won. But at the end of the day, you got to give a little credit to what the Broncos were able to do to them because no team this year has been able to do that. Yeah, I, I don't think any anybody wanted it more than Brady and Gronk. Everybody in football wants to go to the Super Bowl. It's not a wanted. And it's a thing of personnel. Their personnel that, that, is not fit for this game, and they got beat up. But that, that I, mean, I, I see you guys inside on this, though. I see you guys inside. Easy for me to say now, no question. But, look, man, y'all want more victories than you want a chip, man. Sometimes you got to shake it up, even if you're the champ. As we saw David Black get fired this week. 30 I just – yeah, I, I, well, yeah, well, that's another whole discussion, and he deserved to get fired because he ain't coaching that team. But, but to keep it on point, it's hard for me to to question a guy who, you know, uh, you know, the, the number of Super Bowl appearances, the fifth consecutive AFC Championship game appearance, you know, back just won the Super Bowl. It's hard to come back and 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 with an undermanned team almost went back to the Super Bowl, it's kind of hard now to come back and say, well, he should have, he should have, he should have. I, I think, you know, frankly, um, he he won't get it because I think Ron Rivera is going to be the coach of the year. But, I, I you know, what, what Belichick is able to do with this team and what his history yeah. is with this team is beyond reproach. Yeah. So I just don't feel we're in a position. You know, there's a lot of coaches we can question, a lot of drafts and a lot of free agent signings. I mean, but – Belichick, I, I, I don't feel like we're qualified to question this guy. It, what he's been able to do consistently, man, we haven't seen since back in the days of Bill Walsh. You know, we Look, just I, haven't seen I consider him the best to ever do it, but I, I don't think anybody's beyond reproach. We all make errors. Everybody yeah, the, makes errors. The errors they made, though, dude, the, the errors they made, though, was maybe miss, or not taking those field goals, not yeah. the personnel. I mean, Denver's just a mashup nightmare for anyone. That pass rush is insane. It really you know, they've is. They've had the best pass rush all it year. This has been a surprise. I mean, they lost there earlier this year, too. Yeah. And I, and I think Definitely. what we will see, I think what we will see for for uh, Brady's last couple of years, I think I think we all know that Belichick is a defensive guru. That's his, that's his specialty. And we're seeing in the NFL – even, you know, the, Dr. Train has always said it, you know, and it's a cliche, defense wins championships. And, you know, offense scores points, defense wins championships, right? Well, it's becoming more and more prevalent in today's NFL. You need a defense. You need a strong defense. You need a pass rush, you know. And while the Patriots certainly had flashes, that one guy, that one linebacker, I think his name was Collins, and that dude, you know, that, that dude was looking, was looking, bam. You know, um, but I think we're going to see them focus more on that. They can bring back the guys that were injured and bring back a healthy offense next season. I think it's defense they're going to have to pay a little closer attention to. So, anyway, hey, Naj, we appreciate you calling back in and spending a little time with us. And uh, next week we're making Super Bowl picks, so if you have a minute, Check us out next week, and uh, we be we we want to hear your thoughts on our picks, and uh, you can make yours as well. Thanks for giving me the time. Don't hang up because I'm going to listen because uh, you boys are doing a good job, man. Much respect to you and your podcast, man. Uh, I do Appreciate download it. it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it much. Take care. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Yep.
Good caller. Good caller. Good good thought. Don't completely agree with him, but that's okay. We ain't got to agree with him. You know, that's what we do. You know what I mean? It's okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, if we can listen to K Star, and we can listen to almost anybody. I mean, it's really. That's <laughs> it. Probably you guys don't listen enough. Hey, you know, one last thought on, on Kim. I just had to go back and just, just to kind of put numbers to I'm saying about him being great but not elite yet. Um, you know, his his I'm looking at his numbers for this year and they're they're good. They're solid. Okay. But they don't jump off the chart and it, you know, he, he completed fifty nine point eight percent of his passes, so barely sixty percent. You know, and when you look at the the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL, that's way down. You know, Derek Carr you know, Mariota, you know, these guys had a higher completion percentage than he did. Um, you know, he didn't hit 4,000. 4,000 these days is kind of the line of demarcation. Okay, 38-37, we can, we can let that slide. Um, not, a, not a big deal. 35-10, and 10, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, Drew Brees, in, in an off year for him, 32-11. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, certainly not one that should even be in this conversation, 29-11. and 11. Carson Palmer. 35 and, and 11, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford, 32 and 13. Um, you know what I mean? Phillip Rivers, 29 and 13. Um, Big Yo, Ben. Colors, Big Ben, 21 and 16. Hmm. Uh, Jay Cutler, 21 and 11. Um, so, I mean, so, you know. So, let, me, let me end this real quick. Um, I wasn't done. The problem is you're not. I wasn't done. Okay. I have some numbers, numbers too, so go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, QBR, NFL QBR, 99.4. Not bad, you know. Um, now, I know he did a lot of things with his legs. I know he's the first guy to uh, what, throw for 30 and run for 10 or some, some number like that. Hey, congratulations. Um, you know, that's great. That's great to have that dual threat. Um, you know, I don't think that that makes him elite. <laughs> that, to me, solidifies him as a great QB, um, but doesn't make him elite. I, I want to see, see more. You know, mainly that completion percentage is really not very good. I mean, that's well, something that's kind of – Now when you have Ted Ginn dropping every damn ball, I mean, what, like, what, relative to his talent, it's, it's pretty damn good. And – I don't like looking like completion percentage. I mean, who who well, cares? Well, I who care. cares what completion percentage was? Well, then you're looking at it wrong because well, they had they led that, hold on they yeah. they led the NFL this year in scoring drives. They were the most efficient offense per scoring drive. They were first in the NFL okay, hold on. as well stop, stop, in scoring. Stop. You're say, wait, they wait, were efficient. You're, you're answering a question that I didn't. You you stop it. Because what you're doing is changing the topic. I didn't ask about their offense. I'm talking about Cam Newton as the QB. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Cam. You're, you're, you're picking you're up that scoring and you're, drives. You're using it wrong. Because you're, because you're using it wrong. You're not looking at the stat right. You're looking you're at the You're going to tell me how I can tell do that. Picture. Oh, I have to do it I'm the way Kishar wants me to do it. Oh, I get it. So everyone who analyzes yeah. stats, you People set should. the tone. You set, the, you set how everyone analyzes stats. Got to be how you approve of it. Oh, I get that. When, dude, when did that? When did that happen? Dude, you, you're talking about 35 touchdowns. Cam Newton had 45 touchdowns this year. You're you're the one who's cherry picking stats, and people look. That's I, what I'm saying. Dude, why, why are we did not? Did not say that? he had 10 rushing? Did yeah, I not say? Well, I'm cherry picking anything. End. If you're gonna say something, be accurate. You're talking he had 3,800 yards. I I am accurate. He has 4,400 total yards this year. He had 45 touchdowns. They led the NFL in scoring. They don't have good. They don't have good receivers on the outside. I'm gonna try this one. 
try this one more time, okay? I, I, I won't tell you how to judge your players if you don't tell me how to judge mine, okay? I'm judging him by my standards, not your standards, because I'm not you. See, I've been watching this game probably twice as long as you have, okay, number one. Probably forgotten more about football. Than Here we go. <laughs> don't come in. Don't come in. You're, 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 you're judging how I judge, and I don't need you to do that. That's how I judge, okay? So don't tell me I can't judge. I'm judging him as a oh. quarterback, and I'm telling you, I believe, unlike you, I give credit where credit is due. I said he was great. I said he's just not elite yet. And I stated why, because that's my opinion. Now, if you want to make your case as to why he's elite, by all means, feel free to do so. But do not ever try to tell me how to judge players. I'll judge him the way I damn well please. And I think he's great, but he's not elite. And one of the reasons is, yeah, everyone has to deal with drops. It's part of the game. 59.8%, not even barely 60% completion for an NFL quarterback today is not very good at all. And when you look at all the other quarterbacks in the NFL, that's one of the lowest completions percentages. So you want to be elite, complete more passes. So okay. what does that tell you, though? What does that – okay, so then okay. if you know okay. that it's, it, he's in the bottom, what is that really telling you then about that stat? Oh, that's all Ted's fault. Thank God he's got a strong defense. No, no. It's not just a strong defense. They're, they led the NFL in scoring this year. Yes, the offense. Yes, they did. The offense. That, that runs through Cam Newton. Through his rushing ability as well, who through was, his ability was to, second, to and who create was second, rushing and lanes. And who was the second team, second scoring team in the NFL? That would be uh, Arizona. It was the Patriots. No, it was, it was, it was the uh, uh, I believe, no, it was Arizona. The number one and number two scoring offensive met up in the NFC Championship game. That would be Arizona. And Carson Palmer, 63.7%. Almost 4,700 yards, and at pretty much the same TD interception ratio. My point is, there's room for improvement for Cam Newton to go up even another notch. There's room there. You know, take it to another level. What he did was good. What he did was arguably great. When you throw in his legs, when you throw in what he's able to do as a runner, arguably great. But you know, K-Star, come to my world for a minute. Michael Vick. Um, Vince don't. Young. Um, so much better than they were. You don't even know my point, and you're talking. Why don't you wait and hear the point? I bet my brother knows the point because he knows me. The point is, you can't continue to rely on your legs for your entire career. There's going to come a point in time where your legs ain't going to be there anymore. You're not going to be able to scramble like he's able to do and run over people and run away from people. And it's going to happen long before his arm and his intelligence and his hand-eye coordination fail him. That's going to happen much sooner. Look at the running backs in the NFL and how long they last. So these other things, if he wants to have a career like a Peyton Manning, like a Tom Brady, like a Drew Brees, like some of these elite quarterbacks, then he needs to work on the other aspects of his game because he can't rely on that for the next 10 years. It ain't going to happen. He's lucky if he can get five years, five more years out of his legs like he's doing now. Ain't going to happen, bruh. Not going to happen. He lucky he can get two, three more years of being able to run and scramble and score the way he does with his legs. So then what happens? Then you're going to be like Michael Vick, 
You're going to be like Vince Young? You're going to be like some of these great, well, I don't know. I can't call Vince Young great. I call Michael Vick. He was great at the time. But you're going to be like some of these mobile quarterbacks that relied on their legs. Look at Arch 3 after one year. Look what happened. So that's my point. What's going, if he wants to get to that elite level, these numbers here ain't going to do it in two or three years when the legs ain't there and the legs can make up for what the arm isn't delivering. You get my point? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Yes, but I, but I think the reason why we're having to see him run so much is, is not just because he can do it, but also because they don't have weapons around him to support a premier passing game, you know, with 4,700 yards and so on and so forth. I mean, the receivers are Corey Brown and, and Ted Ginn and Jericho Cotri, for God's sake. So I think that they'll provide better outside players around him. I mean, he doesn't even have, he doesn't even have Kelvin Benjamin this season. So I think that'll come. I think that the Panthers, though, were extremely reliant on Cam because of the fact that they were talent deficient at the receiver position, and that's a byproduct of it. And he was just spectacular. Well, so, and, and, let, let, me, let, me jump in. Let, let me jump in real quick and just kind of try to paraphrase what he is saying. Um, I'm going to put it like this to you with what you just said, K-Star. For Cam to go from great to elite, he needs to be more cerebral. He's very smart as it is but he needs to be a little bit more pocket passer and a little less run-first mentality. Some of that is his fault. Some of that is because of the plays they call. When you say he doesn't have the receivers that he needs, I, I question that because I go back to how Brady was when he didn't have Randy Moss, when he didn't have Gronk. He was throwing to folks like Troy Brown for crying out loud. He was throwing to mid-tier and lower receivers and still being successful. So, it has a lot to do with not just the actual players that you have around you, but being able to have a coaching staff that can maximize the talent that you have with those players on that team, being able to maximize the skill set of the quarterback so that it brings out the best of those skill receivers that you do have. And with Cam, he's, he's great, and he's, he's really getting close to being elite. If he has the kind of year he had this year and continues to build upon it, we'll be talking elite. He just needs to make sure that he continues to read defenses from the pocket and continue to make the throws that he made in, this, in the NFC Championship game. He made a, a few terrific throws. But he needs to do more of that on a consistent basis, and I think that's where T is coming from. And, and T, you jump in, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. No, I, I, exactly what I'm saying. I mean, I think K-Star, you know, you know, Hall of Fame and wants to make the argument that he's elite, and I'm making the argument he's not there yet, and here's why. Uh, great, yes, and, and great is nothing to sneeze at. You know, especially for me to say he's great, I, I I wasn't even saying that at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, I was saying he's good. Good quarterback. Good, solid quarterback. Good, got a lot of potential. Okay, he's got me from good to great. But that move from great to elite, that's a rare one. You don't, you don't get that one. You don't even get that one by winning a Super Bowl, frankly. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks come in and win Super Bowls that weren't elite, that weren't even great, you know. <clears throat> Pardon me. We've seen good quarterbacks come in and win Super Bowls. But I'm looking at his play on the field. I'm looking at it, the entire play on the field, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, he's he's done things that we haven't seen before. Give him that. But what's going to happen when you know those you know those 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 plays aren't there anymore? You know, remember, NFL's going to catch up to you. It ain't nothing you're doing that they won't adjust to. So next year. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I heard the interviews where they said that there are a lot of designed runs for Cam Newton. Hey, that's great. And uh, next year, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Because we were talking I mean, 
read option a few years ago, and I told y'all, ain't going to last. Chip Kelly's little hurry up and run and get everybody tired. Where'd that get him? Defense will catch up to him. So what he's got to do to respond is he's got to work on that on that other stuff that he still needs a little help in. That's all I'm saying. He's still got some room for improvement. He's only 26. You know, I mean, it's okay. He's only 20. He's not 36. He's 26. He should still be growing and learning. Mm. All right. He, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Cam, as far as what he's done this year, it's, I don't remember a player having this kind of season with such talent deficiency uh, around him at the receiver position. It's, and I think he is grown as a pocket passer. Um, I just think that again that he great players evolve. You know, even after their you know bad stuff like days are behind them. And I mean, obviously we'll wait and see when that happens for Kim. But meanwhile, you know they should utilize his and leverage his ability. This, surpri- this surprises me from you when I look at your quarterback. I have come around to call elite, okay, have have accepted the argument of him being in the four horsemen, okay? When I look at your quarterback and I look at Cam Newton, you can't see the difference? You know what I mean? Like, your quarterback is really a good example of where Cam wants to get to. You know, what Ben is able to do on that field, and Ben can run and mobile and do things, you know, six foot five, big guy. But he also, and he used Jason, uh, JB's word, cerebral. He's also very cerebral, very intelligent, you know. And, and I, you know, to me, you should be embracing my argument because you've got the guy, to me, that's kind of like Cam. Cam's kind of like him. Cam's a little more athletic. Uh, yeah, we know that. But, you know. Ben's mobile. Ben moves around. Ben, you know what I mean? Ben, Ben, he got that. Ben's got that rifle arm. That's what. That's Cam, right? That is, you know, separated at birth. But Ben can do more at this point in his career than Cam can, you know. And yeah. Cam should be looking at a Ben and saying, "Okay, I see you, bro. You know, I see what you're doing over there. I like that. I, I got to work on that. I got to improve in that. So I, I'm a little surprised to have you give me some resistance because you got a guy to me that's kind of a model for what Cam should be trying to be like. Uh, yeah, at some point. I mean, but Ben's 32 to Cam's 26, so I think that's going to come with time. I mean, you know, Ben came in the league and he was super, super efficient. And, you know, very good, but um, it took him a while to become elite, elite. Like he is now, and Cam, I, I think he's just. I just think people need to remember with Cam though, like you have to look at him differently because he's a different kind of player. I mean, I, I feel like when when you know you look at Cam, you just bring his patch numbers up. I feel like you're just doing an injustice because I feel like you're you're looking for a fault uh, within him um, because it's, it's it's to me it's, it's almost like people kind of you know are, are tell- because there was an article earlier this season, um, it really bothered me when people were saying, oh, how is Cam Newton even in NFL uh, MVP contention when his numbers are only slightly better than um, Colin Kaepernick's? And they were just looking at something like completion percentage and like it was passing yards per game or something like that. And my, my whole point with, with, with that is with Cam, as it, is, as it relates just to Cam specifically, is that you're not really looking at the whole picture when you do that because uh, I think well, you're missing me, a lot of the other let points. Me, let me ask you a question. How long have I been saying this about Cam? For a while, but that's because okay. you're well, Wait, 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 wait. I just looked at his numbers tonight for the first time. So it's, I'm not looking at the numbers to make the case. My eyes made the case for me. The numbers just backed up what I had already seen. I went to look at the numbers to see. Well, let me see what his numbers tell me. First time I've looked at his numbers all year. First time. 
But I've seen them and they're play. They're good. They're really good. Uh, oh, they're good. Yeah, they're good. But they're no. They don't separate him from everybody else. Other than you want to throw in the rushing touchdowns. Okay. No, but I'm, no, sorry, no, I'm, no. I'm saying. I'm saying again that that's going to end. That's not. He can't do that his whole career. He can do it now while he's he'll probably be better. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, but then maybe at that point, though, and probably at that point, the way he's been develop, developing, he, you know, so too could his passing game. And then well, we don't know will, that. Especially. And that's why I brought up Vince Young and Michael Vick, because Michael Vick still is an inaccurate passer, right? Vince Young. An inaccurate passer. They try to make these guys more stationary quarterbacks. And what happened? Vince Young freaking got a DUI today. Out of the league. He was in the league for six years. Vince Young had everything that Cam Newton is today. That was Vince Young when he came out. Everybody, All the stuff you hear. Well, maybe not today. But when Cam Newton came out, that's what Vin Young, Vince Young was. Same type of hype. You know, big, strong, mobile quarterback. Good arm, da, 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 all the hype. And where did he go? So all I'm saying is, and, and Vince Young didn't. He didn't. You can't assume it's going to happen. It might. It might. But right now, I'm waiting to see it. That's all I'm saying. I think for him to get to the next level where where I personally, based on my standards, can say he's elite, that's what I want to see. When I see that, then I'm going to say, okay. Because, yeah. You know, there are certain standards in the NFL, you know, and, I, and, and I'm sorry. Um, you, you're not Michael Jordan yet. I know Michael Jordan and you are boys and all that, but you ain't Michael Jordan yet. Now, you come in here and win two or three Super Bowls, and you want to rewrite the standards because you become that guy? Okay, at that point, I'm, then, I, then, then okay. But right now, you're not that guy, so you have to follow the standards. So all those, all those things matter, you know. Um, all right. Next week, we're going to get into uh, – the game itself, but right now I want to shift directions a little bit um, and just, you know, Madden Voice, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. You can catch us on Twitter, at the Madden Voice. You can catch us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. Feel free to like us, make comments, you know, anytime. Uh, all that stuff goes to my, my personal cell phone, so... You know, I can engage with you uh, fairly quickly if I need to, um, you know, and, and tell a friend. You know, we really want to continue to grow the Madden Voice community. But let's switch gears. Next week, we're going to really dive in to uh, Denver and Carolina. We're going to make predictions, but I really want to – oh, actually, we're going to do one more thing, and then we're going to switch to coaching. Um, I want each of us, and I'll do it first, the most intriguing matchup in this game. What are you anxious to see the most in this game? Denver versus Carolina. Okay, and I'll start. Um, After watching the conference championship game, I am very eager to see Denver's defense and how they're able to contain Cam Newton. And and are they able to put the same kind of pressure and make him uncomfortable back there like they did Tom Brady? Um, That, to me, is the game right there. Denver's defense... Cam Newton, um, and can they make Cam Newton un- – just, you know, I don't want to take too long on it, but Tom Brady pretty much came out and said, yeah, he, I mean, he got uncomfortable. This is an experienced veteran, I mean, you know, arguably the best of all time, but certainly in the in the top two or three conversation of all time. And he was rattled and admitted it and said it got to the point where he didn't know what direction they were coming from, Okay. 
So I'm curious now when they go up against Cam. Cam's about 10, 11 years younger, not the same experience. Different team, but I'm curious. I want to see, you know, how are they able to neutralize that or is Denver going to tee off on Cam Newton? Now, that to me is the game right there. Okay. Uh, JB, what matchup are you excited for? I'll, I'll do you one better. Instead of just saying the Denver defense versus Cam, I want to see how Vaughn Miller is versus Cam because that boy played out of his mind. Sure. I mean, we talk about the market where he had a great game, but it was Von Miller that was the driving force. I want to see how he's going to be against Cam Newton. That, that'd that be my number one. i also like to see how they're going to contain um, Greg Olson, too. But primarily, I'm looking for Von Miller versus Cam Newton. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, K-Star. Yeah, for me, it's it's Cam versus not only Vaughn, uh, Demarcus Ware. It's it's the two edge guys to see how they how, how uh, you know how they perform because you know Carolina has had the most efficient offense in the NFL this year, and the de- defense of Denver has been literally the best pass rush all year. Um, and I think that's that's going to decide the game if if Carolina can run the ball um, and, and slow down that pass rush because the thing with uh, the the Patriots was they, you know, they never knew they were passing every play. Uh, New England told them that very early, essentially, and they were able to get uh, 18, 18 hurries out of 56 throws by Brady, which is insane, which 32% of the time he was hurried on the throws. And I think with, with Carolina, it would be a little tougher, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because those boys are bad, and they've been bad all year. They're awesome. Okay. Dr. Train, you've been quiet over there. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with all all of you guys as far as uh, Cam Newton versus the um, Denver defense and whatever aspect you whether you want to look at it, Cam Newton versus Vaughn Mom Miller, Carolina offense versus Denver defense. But um, not that I don't think that definitely I, that's that's probably would still be my top matchup. But just another matchup that I'm even more wanting to see simply because. As a football fan, I don't want to see a repeat of two years ago. And I want to see Denver's offense come to play against this defense. I mean, Peyton Manning is the master chess match on the football field. Let us see this chess match. You faced Ron Redeer's defense before when he was with Chicago. You were able to beat it. Um, This team, I believe, is a little bit more talented than that one. Uh, but at the same time, in order to see a good game, I want to see Denver's offense against this defense. Can you can you deliver? Because if you don't, this game gets out of hand quickly. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. I think we all, uh, yeah, good stuff. You know, and I'll add to, uh, you know, Dr. Train, um, Man, you know, you almost want, you almost wish, you know, we could turn back the clock a couple of years, maybe three years, four years, and get that Peyton Manning in this game, and let's see what happens. You know, the Peyton Manning that can put 30, 40 points up on you. You know what I mean? Um, and then now let's see. And, I, you know, and I'm not saying that this guy, this Peyton ain't going to win. I'm not saying that at all, but just looking at matchups. You know, they call Peyton the sheriff, and I almost wish we can go back about four years. Let's get that Peyton up in this game and see, you know, pre-surgeries and all that. But, hey, you know, or maybe it's longer than four years. I don't know, whatever it was. But, anyway, that's just me dreaming. Um, 
All right, let's talk coaches. Dr. Train for a couple weeks has been chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit to talk about NFL coaches. I've got something, too, but I'm going to, I've done a lot of talking. Dr. Train ain't done much talking. I'm going to start with Dr. Train, and, and we talk about coaching, and I'm just going to list them all just so everyone, we're all on the same page. Mike Malarkey in Tennessee. Dick, welcome back, Cotter in uh, Tampa Bay. Doug Peterson in Philly, Chip Kelly in San Francisco, Ben McAdoo in New York, Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, Adam Gase in Miami. Those are all your new coaches. And just to reiterate, Sean Payton didn't go anywhere. Jim Caldwell didn't go anywhere. Chuck Pagano didn't go anywhere. Mike McCoy didn't go anywhere. Um, Jeff Fisher didn't go anywhere. Gus Bradley, Jason Garrett, Rex Ryan. Um, you know, these were guys that people were questioning whether or not would they, you know, Stay with their team, whatever. Those guys are all safe for another year. Okay. Dr. Train, you have the floor. So so listening to your hires, I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm I'm messed up about anyone that didn't lose their you know, that they kept that decided to keep their head coach. Uh by all means, you know, I'm um this microwave society has, has filtered its way to the NFL where people want to turn around in two years and Really, sometimes it takes anywhere between three to three to five good years just to be consistently competitive, uh, especially depending on how the team was when the head coach took over. Uh, the the I believe it was the Malarkey hire. It, it, that's the same guy who left Buffalo, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Who just pulled out of Buffalo? Yes. Yeah. Just kind of bounced. Yeah. I'm. Let's just outside of football. Outside of football, I'm skeptical of hiring anybody to just up and leave their job, like without a legitimate excuse. And maybe he had one when they interviewed him. Maybe he did enough for down there for him while while he was there, OC or whatnot. But it's just I, I, I'm just skeptical of that. Like, why did you leave? Because the public got no answer for that. He just bounced. Maybe he didn't like the weather in Buffalo. I, I don't know. Um, very excited about the Hugh Jackson hire. I'm glad this brother is getting his chance. He got unceremoniously dismissed in Oakland, uh, and I understand that GM came in. He wanted his own guy. He got his own guy. His own guy didn't work out. Then he got a new guy. Regis looked a little better. So, and you know, Regis McKenzie, he's starting to get, you know, more players there. But, uh, I honestly think Hugh Jackson would have eventually got it done for him. Um, but he's getting his chance now. So it will be interesting to see how well he's able to turn around Cleveland and make that division even more competitive than it is now. Um, the, the the Chip Kelly out <laughs> here, man. Um, so... So outside of him being very arrogant about himself and and just being in control of everything, um, if he's able to get his hands on on Kaepernick, who we know is more talented than Nick Foles, um, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. But definitely do not let this guy make the decisions on what players should be on this team because he doesn't have a clue. Uh, uh, with talent versus Du Bois, he, he just don't. Um, it, it, the one hire that that 
So I had, like, weeks to think about this now. So my man, Lovey Smith, get, gets look like what it was what it would deem another another bad rap. So so I looked at this from several angles. Initially I'm just like, damn, like really, it's only been two years. But at the same time that it's only been two years, there hasn't been any improvement on the one side of the ball that he's supposed to be an expert at. Now, your team can be devoid of talent, but yet your defense can still fight. And when you just ranked at the bottom of the league, that's more than just devoid of talent, especially when you got guys like uh, Gerald McCoy and um, who's the linebacker that he has down there for Tampa Bay? Somebody help me out. Devontae David? Yes. Yep. Levante David and I mean and, and there are some other other pieces but there's supposed to be something that that says hey Lovey Smith has taken over this team this defense is giving teams a hard time you know if you watch them and you, you see their defense fight for you know 50 minutes 55 minutes it's just like yeah dear Lovey Smith is in town but to be ranked at the bottom of the league I can almost understand if you can't be good at your expertise, then what's the argument? Exactly. Well, I say that to interrupt you to say this. Um, I, I completely and utterly disagree with you. Because he is not the defensive coordinator. He is the head coach. The entire team is he's accountable for. And the team went from two and fourteen to six and ten. He was trending in the right direction. The team I get I get that. That's the reason why I'm not listen, listen. I don't want you to take my explanations as to saying that I agree with what Lana did. I'm not I'm not really I'm I'm really I have I'm looking at this from both sides. That's what I'm seeing. At the end of the day, I feel I still think he should be the head coach. But if Atlanta got rid of him, this is the only way I can make it make sense to me Tampa. outside of them doing some dirty backstabbing, let me make sure we keep our OC because we saw what the offense was able to do this year, and we don't want Coder to go anywhere. It's Tampa, so, and and then there's no to me there's no logic to the firing of a guy who has improved the team. You know, this is the direct opposite of Chip Kelly, where the team you know went from ten and six to six and ten. He's trending in the right direction. He's responsible for the entire team, and certainly, um, yes, defense is his specialty. But he's not the defensive coordinator. He's the head coach. But, but, okay, so just for the for the sake of argument. Second year, no improvement in the defense. I understand he's the head coach, but defense is your specialty. In this day and age, people tend to hire coaches not just for their ability to be head coach, but also for the specialty in which they came from. So even though I agree he should still be there, 
what do you account to no improvement in the area that he's supposed to have the most knowledge in? Yeah, but see, I don't, I, you know, and I don't want to sound like K-Star, um, you know, you can judge it any way you choose to. I don't view it as looking at him solely for defense, because if that's what you want to do, then hire him as your defense coordinator. And now you can say, you know, okay, like the Patriots did with their offensive line coach. His job is the offensive line. Offensive line failed. You're fired. You know, the, the uh, Saints did it with uh, Ryan. Your job is defensive coordinator. The worst defense in Patriots uh, – uh, a Saints history. You're fired. This guy's job, Lovey Smith, is yes, he's got a specialty because that's what he did most recently. But as a head coach, your job is to win games. And guess what? That's what he was doing. His job isn't to show that he's a defensive guru and a defensive juggernaut. So what if the defense was ranked number one and they were one and fifteen because the offense stunk? Then he keeps his job. Because, well, your defense is great, but your offense is horrible, so we're going to keep you because that's your specialty. I, I don't, you know what I mean? If you flip the logic around, it makes no sense. Yeah. His job is to manage the entire game. And yes, absolutely. Maybe he was, they were attracted to him because of defense. I don't deny that. And clearly the defense has a lot of work to go. But in the meantime, if you've got a defensive genius who took the team from 2-14 and 14 to 6-10, and 10. quarterback, got a great running back, you've got pieces in place. Where else can you go but up? <laughs> it ain't nowhere you can go. And that's yeah, what I don't there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and, 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 and that's what I don't get is, okay, your defense was last in the league and you were still 6-10. and 10. So guess what? You're you're on your way up in a very tough division and a very you know what I mean? That's what I don't get. That's what I'm confused is look what he was able to do with a poor defense as the head coach. Head coaches, in my opinion, should be judged on wins and losses, first and foremost. And then secondly you can get into it if in fact, and I don't know, you know, we talked about Chip Kelly and, you know, that we know he's not the GM in San Francisco. In San Francisco. I don't know Lovey Smith's, like, arrangement with player personnel. I don't know how much voice he had. You know what I mean? That would be interesting to find out. It, it, you know, could, did, did he have full complete power over personnel in Tampa Bay? I don't know. You know, if he did train, then it gives your your view there, that looking at it from that side, more, credi- more credibility. Because now you've had a couple of years to go out and get your own players and the defense still stunk. But we don't know that. It could be the GM that's giving them the players, and he's sitting there saying, okay, yeah, we got a couple of studs, but for the most part, this defense is horrible. (laughs) This defense is horrible. What are you giving me here? Yeah, I I agree 100% with you, T, because, you know, to sound sound like myself, I feel like the way you should be measuring that is how his team was looking and and if if it was improving or not. And, you know, it was. It wasn't so the defense wasn't performing, but overall, like, you know, like, like he was saying, his job now is to manage that team, is to make the team better, and I think we all saw that. And I personally was disgusted when he was fired. I didn't understand it because I like, I mean, I like him anyway. But because you know the team was getting better. I mean, they had a rookie quarterback. The team had a nice second half of the season when they started out pretty bad, and they were all everyone was getting better, defense included. So uh, I didn't understand the firing, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
The other thing I wanted to talk about for a minute here with the head coaches is Hugh Jackson. First of all, I agree with you, Train. I'm happy you got a, got a got an opportunity, and um, I think he will be a good head coach in the NFL. Um, he, you know, obviously he he had some time. I believe it was in Oakland. Um, it didn't go well, but you know, you know, you're you're you're, you're, you're you know, that's not an exclusive list of people that head coached over in Oakland and didn't do well. So I wouldn't hold that against them. Um, but what confuses me, uh, I don't think he's going to be in a position to be successful because it's Cleveland, and Cleveland doesn't give their head coaches enough time. You know, so I, that's my – I think he will be good at some point in his career, but I don't know if it will be with Cleveland because Cleveland, Cleveland keeps you on a very short leash. They want it turned around in a, in a year or two or you're out of there. Um, I believe they've had, what, nine head coaches in the last, like, 11 years or some some crazy number like that. Um so I'm not optimistic for him under those circumstances. I heard that um, he had an interest in the Giants position, but I don't know what happened there. I think that would have been a much better fit for him to go to take over the New York Giants. I think they would have committed five years to him, and I think he's got a core. There would have been a core group of players there for Hugh Jackson to really work with and turn that team into back into a contender. Which actually means I'm kind of glad he's not in New York. Oh, uh, keep moving in Cleveland, you know. But I think you, I think he will be successful. I just am not optimistic that he's in the right scenario for success now. That's that's just that's just my opinion. Um, I wanna I wanna I wanna engage in the Chip Kelly discussion, but first I wanna go to JB. And ask JB his thoughts on Chip Kelly. You actually you can talk about any of the coaches, but I really am curious your thoughts on being a Cowboy fan and having seen Chip Kelly for the last three years up close and personal, like I did. And now he gets fired and bounced out of Philly. And um, and did you see the interview? Ah, anyway, um, so arrogant. Um, but now he's in San Francisco. What are your thoughts on Chip Kelly and his chances for success over there in uh, San Francisco, JB? Before I uh, answer that, let's go back to Hugh Jackson. I'm in agreement. Also, I think that's a, a very good hire <clears throat> for Cleveland. He actually was 8-8 eight eight with the Raiders, which is, is very good. Why he was let go, had no idea. I think he got a raw deal. Um, yeah. But I think comment on that real quick. Um, Chip Kelly, San Francisco, very interesting because <laughs> here he has the, potentially the quarterback that he needs to run the kind of offense that he wants to run. Um so I'm very curious to see the relationship he's going to have with him. I'm also curious to see what kind of relationship is going to be between head coach and offensive coordinator. That's going to be interesting as well. Um, has he learned his lessons from his experience in Philadelphia? The time will tell. But thank God he's not going to be in charge of, of the player personnel. Let him do the X's and O's. If he really thinks that's his forte, if he really thinks that his system works, Deal with just the X's and O's and don't do anything else. He's got he's got a lot of holes on that team that is going to need more than just his type of offense in place to be successful. How he manages that is going to dictate his legacy in, in San Francisco. It could be a very short tenure. It could be a very long one because, remember, we're dealing with an owner and GM that had an issue with Jim Harbaugh. So with that being said, it's going to be a very uh, – it has the potential to be tumultuous. It has the potential to be successful. Uh, it's, it's, it's boom or bust in this particular case, in my opinion. So with all that being said, it's a long-winded way to say if he can get through to Kaepernick, 
and install the kind of offense he wants. He can fill up the holes that he has on both sides of the ball. He can be successful. I just think he's he's going to be a victim of his own his own uh, thought process and his own way of thinking. And I see him replicating what he had with Philadelphia. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm sitting here speechless. Um, I, you know, I just don't like the guy. I think he's arrogant for no reason. I I I don't think he is the NFL offensive uh, guru that K Star once called him. Um, he clearly does not know personnel. Um, I don't think he knows how to. Treat based on what we have seen and heard from former players. Okay, I don't want to get into the ESPN gap of making statements out of turn. But you know, when you got a LaShawn McCoy coming out and saying some of the things that he said, uh, Donovan McNabb, who is you know considered a Philly icon, coming out and saying some of the things he said, um, it seems that Chip Kelly tends to treat some of these NFL players like college players, and these are grown men. These are these are men that you're playing with, and I I, I think it, it just doesn't seem to work, you know. And um, if he goes into San Francisco and does that again, if, and I don't, there's nothing in anything I've heard where he has even acknowledged his part of Philadelphia's failure this year. There's, there's no sense of, you know, you know, he in the interview before he was fired. You know, he comes out and says all the right things. You know, it's the job. It's my job and me and me. Yeah, okay, that's what you're supposed to say. But I don't get any sense he really believes that. So I, I'm just I'm not optimistic. I mean, San Francisco is a winning historically a winning franchise, and uh, I just I question this hire. Um, you know, I I just you know and so so now he's going to go in and install his same offense there with these guys. Now nah, we got three years of film on you, brother. <laughs> Good luck. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, this is the same division with uh, Seattle and uh, Arizona and St. Louis. You know, all three of these teams bring it on defense. I just I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I could be wrong. Um, I'm usually not. I could be. You know what I mean? I just I I don't see it. I I, I don't see it. Uh, Train, your 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 offensive coordinator is in Miami now. How do you feel about that? Well, wait, can I get a chip? T- can I get a chip Kelly take in? I mean, oh, oh you want a chip Kelly take? Oh, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. You know. Go ahead. You were bashed. You were bashed. He was a chance to love on Chip Kelly. Go ahead, man. Yeah, give me, give me that moment. Damn. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I like the move, obviously, because I, I figured he's going to get a job uh, somewhere, and I was hoping that he would get a job in which he actually had a mobile quarterback. So, he has he has some really good pieces around him offensively, and um, you know, with Colin Kaepernick, he gets a chance to you know resurrect his career and. Uh, you know, harder success finally again. And so does, uh, uh, you know, they have really good running backs with Hyde and uh, Richie Bush. And, you know, they have a deep threat in Tory. So they have a lot of offensive weapons. I think they'll be successful there. And uh, I think it makes sense for San Francisco if they still believe in Kaepernick and really want to hold that, you know, that investment dear to, and, and true to their hearts and see it through, then um, I think that is something uh, that, you know, they will think of, they think of Chip Kelly as a guy that can, 
really tap and reach uh, all Ka- Kaepernick's potential with. And uh, I think we'll see it. You know, I think Cap Cap will have a good year if he's still in team, which I think he will be, given his hire. And I think that it's a guy in which we could finally see Chip Kelly's offense in its true form, where he basically fundamentally requires a mobile quarterback to carry out those, you know, sweeps and uh, zone read and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, Kaepernick will, will do a nice job. So I'm excited for Cap. I'm excited to see how it will play out. So you you think, and forgive me, because NFL.com website I absolutely hate because I can't, every time I go to a page, it automatically plays a video. I don't want it to do that. And yeah, I don't that's like annoying. That. I, hate, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to see your Those video. Those sites are the worst. I, I don't. I don't want to see your freaking video. I'm going to go in and figure out a way to disable that. Anyway, um, you know, the problem with what you're saying, K-Star, is that, you know, you're giving Chip Kelly way too much credit because we haven't seen that in Philly. Okay, um, let's 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 look at who he's had. Uh, most recently, Sam Sam Bradford. He went out and signed Sam Bradford. You know, here was his chance to take a quarterback who had a lot of potential and re- rejuvenate his career. And what happened? Nothing. He had Nick Foles. Got rid of him. He had um, Mark Sanchez. You know, um, I believe he even had Michael Vick, did he not? His first year? Yeah, and all those guys had really good years. Well, where's Vick now? Vick's old. Your... <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's make an excuse then. Okay. And what did Vick no. accomplish? Well, I mean, he, I mean, he but, was, they, they, you know, well, they, when you talk, wait a minute. You made a statement, K-Star, about, well, he's going to have Kaepernick, and, he, you know, I'm happy for Kaepernick, and he can revitalize his career. Well, he hadn't done that with anybody yet in Philly in three years. He hadn't done that. So what makes you think he's going to do with Kaepernick? And you can't well, say disagree. Bradford didn't fit the scheme. He went and chose Bradford. That was handpicked. We're going to go get Bradford to fit in this scheme. Okay? He got rid of Foles, so how good did that work out? You know? Vic is gone. How well did that work out? Your team thought enough of him to sign him, Michael Vick. So I I don't I don't know that Chip Kelly has you know he hadn't done that he hadn't he he, he, you know I don't I I I think Kaepernick has the potential to fit Chip Kelly's scheme because we've seen Kaepernick run a read option type offense and have some success. So I agree with that. There is some potential there. Um, but Chip Kelly hasn't shown the rapport to take someone, and he's had a few chances, and developed them and turned them into something in the NFL. He hasn't done that. That's one of the reasons he ain't in Philly anymore. So to, to say that he's going to do that with Kaepernick I, remains to be seen, but he hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. So. See, that's where I disagree, because with Vic, Vic was having a really good year under Chip Kelly, and that whole offense was, and, you know, unfortunately, he got hurt, and then Nick Foles came in, and Nick Foles had 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. He made Nick Foles look really good, you know, and obviously, they got rid of them, and we saw what Foles was in St. Louis, which was pretty terrible. Uh, wait, 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 so wait, you're, you're, and, you're, and why did they get rid of Foles? What happened before they got rid of Foles? Foles yeah, twenty-seven and three was that year. What did he do the next year? K Star. Uh, they let a, he led a top-five scoring offense. I 
I mean, the, what? So the thing is, though, again, he made Nick Foles really good for for a bit, and Nick Foles got hurt his second year under that in that system, and even then, they were a pretty pretty uh, efficient offense. But Before you, you got hurt, even Marcus. Before Nick Foles let me, got let hurt. Me finish. Just, just, well, you didn't answer let, my let question. Finish. You didn't answer my question. You're just glossing over the fact that he had one year, 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. Came back the next year, and I believe the first game he threw three picks. In the very first game. So, I mean, you know. You, okay. You That's a game. That's not a season. Oh, my God. You just said you made the statement, K-Star. Your words, developing a quarterback. I'm asking you, where did he do that in Philly? Because the two quarterbacks he had, pre or three, are all gone, and the last one he hand-picked didn't accomplish anything. That's my point. If Nick Foles was so good, How? why is he in St. Louis? He made that personnel switch. <laughs> okay, why, though? If Nick Foles fit the scheme and was so Nick Foles isn't, wasn't as good because he wasn't in Chip Kelly's offense. That's the point. That's why we saw him do he revived Mark Sanchez's career, for God's sakes. He made Mark Sanchez look like a competent quarterback. And where's Mark and Sanchez right now? He's, he's still in Philly, just chilling. Sitting in the back, so sitting, I, sitting on the bench. I, I don't get what you're saying. My point he is, he's done what you say he has done. If Nick he has had top, hold on, he hasn't had productive quarterback play throughout his career in Philly. He has not dubbed. That's not what you said, K Star. Say what you mean and mean what you said. You said, I'm excited about him being able to take Kaepernick. And revitalize his career. Yes, and he uh, hasn't done that career. with his body. He it, didn't do it Except with he did that with Michael Vick. So you Vick, did that with yeah, Vick. and that's why it's third string in Pittsburgh, because Chip Kelly revitalized ben, what, his career. What, is, what does that have to do with him? I'm saying when he played under Chip Kelly, those players, when they played under Chip Kelly, they were productive players. That is what I'm saying, and I'm under the assumption that Colin Kaepernick, while under Chip Kelly, will be, will be productive again. That is well, the point. What said was revitalize the career, and what I am telling you is, and I don't see how you can't see this, is this guy has burned through four or five quarterbacks in three years. There's no revitalization because he was able to suck out some production for a half a dozen, a dozen games with Foles, maybe a complete season. Good job. And then where's Foles a year and a half later? He's sitting, he's sitting the bench over in, um, in, in St. Louis. Where's Bradford? Unproductive. Where's Vic? Over in, uh, in Pittsburgh. So that's what we want. Kaepernick comes in as a great 2016. So, uh, 2017, he's over playing for Pittsburgh. He's over playing for another team, and they're bringing in another quarterback. That's he, why he's not in he's, Philly anymore. He's the coach now, though, not the GM. And that's the point. Okay, but as so the head, if he's the coach, as the see, that's coach, what he is now. As the head coach, isn't your job to have a quarterback that can come in and run your offense and have some continuity? Isn't that what you have in, isn't that what you have in Pittsburgh? As much as we knock Jay Cutler, isn't that what he, they have in Chicago? He, he was hired as the head coach. Else? He was hired Excuse to be the head coach. And I'm saying I'm saying he was hired to be the head coach in San Fran. With that said, it's a good hire. If they're not giving him any general manager responsibility, which I'm assuming they won't, they wouldn't even do that with Harbaugh. So with that said, yeah, I think that Colin Kaepernick can revitalize his career in that Chip Kelly system. Like I we've think seen other quarterbacks be productive. Before I think in this revitalizing his career is way too strong because we have not seen any evidence that any quarterback under Chip Kelly has revitalized their career. I've just very clearly told you where all his quarterbacks are. None of them are thriving after him. Well, there shouldn't have been a K-Star. Oh my God, there shouldn't have he's been. Not, a, 
he's not the GM. The way you're framing this, again, it doesn't apply here. He's not the GM, and that's why those guys went elsewhere, because he traded them. So then, so then, so what? Oh, my God. Somebody help me here. Then if they were doing that well under his leadership as GM and head coach, and he revitalized their career and they were that productive, then why did he get rid of them? Because he was searching for a Colin Kaepernick-like player. And he still never got one, and that's why he got fired because of the GM moves, not because of coaching with those players. Thank you. So he got the guys that he made productive, air quotes, and then he got rid of them because they weren't his type of player. So then he went out and handpicked Sam Bradford to fit his scheme because you're saying he's going to revitalize someone. And guess what? It didn't work. Now he's inheriting a team with a quarterback, again, that he didn't select. And you think he's got the skills to revitalize this guy's career and make him a franchise quarterback? I don't think so. Don't think so. Because Kaepernick is mobile, that's great. Wonderful. Okay? But to just make that leap that this coach has that revitalizing a career is more than X's and O's. It's instilling a level of confidence in your player that Chip Kelly hasn't shown he's able to do. He has not shown that report as a head coach. That's a head coach job, okay? That's head coach. I don't see him doing when that. When he's the head coach of that player, yeah. When he's the head coach of the player. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, his job that is to tell them within the system. He did that with Bradford, who he handpicked this year. Made Bradford feel comfortable. and got him Bradford was mediocre. He was mediocre. Well, I, I, I mean, whatever. I, I agree. But he handpicked him. But aside, aside from, from Bradford – Again, those other three quarterbacks had three realizations. If you don't think Mark Sanchez had the best uh, career of, of his, I mean, best he had career a, under yeah, uh, very productive. Kelly, for, sorry, that's not revitalizing a career, dude. You know, it was revitalized. When, it, when, Mark Sanchez's career was revitalized. It was. When, let me let me explain to you because you you're not you're not understanding revitalizing. When Drew Brees broke his uh, dislocated his shoulder in San Diego and had to have surgery and was out and came back and went to New Orleans. That's revitalizing a career. Okay? That's, there's a huge difference between having one Under Sean Payton. Year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Under yep. Sean Payton. Revitalize his career. Absolutely. Mark Sanchez didn't revitalize his career. He's had a mediocre at he best. Didn't have- he, he didn't have a new life breathed into or yeah brought into his career through through Kelly. No. he's still on the team as a backup. As okay. a backup, the way you're framing this is so ridiculous. He's the head coach. We are looking at Colin Kaepernick in this upcoming season. So I'm under the assumption that that he's the head coach and not the GM. He's not just going to trade him off just to trade him off. And no, no. we've seen him have good quarterback play on, in it within the system. So. Kaepernick did not play a good quarterback, have a good quarterback play last year. I can see him having a good quarterback play within uh, Chip Kelly's system this season. So if that's not, you know, revitalization, then sure, whatever. We can use a different word for it. But he'll be productive. I can see that within Chip Kelly's system. Well, 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 we'll see. But I think where you and I disagree uh, blatantly is you're making a career statement, and I don't see it. I don't even – I won't even go so far as to say he's going to have a productive season. But one productive season doesn't mean you're back on top when the next season you're traded or you're sitting on somebody's bench. That's not a revitalized career. But I'm, not, I'm saying career. I don't think that – he's not the GM, though. So my point is I don't think he will be even in charge of that. And if that's the case, then we'll see. Again, I'm just assuming that Cap is going to have his career under 
Kelly, since Kelly's not the GM, and who knows if he would even make that trade anyway. Yeah, you think any GM is going to make a move without consulting the head coach? I mean, he may not have the final say, but he's still going to get consulted. It's his team. He's still making the decisions as far as the play calling, the offensive scheme, and all of that. And his input is vital, just like the draft. His input is vital. It's his team. Even though there's a general manager or slash a director player personnel, sometimes it's the same person, sometimes it's two different people, they're going to consult Chip Kelly. So let's not, let's not get it twisted and think that because Chip Kelly isn't GM by title that the player personnel is completely out of his grasp. No, he's going to have a say. He's going to have input. He just may not get final say. That's all. So if Kaepernick is the guy that he wants to develop and, and – create and turn into something um then that will happen over time and if he's able to if he's able to be successful then Kaepernick will be there if that's who Chip wants if Chip don't want him well then that'll be another conversation but I I I, my main point my main point is I don't buy the revitalization theme because he hasn't done it because he was able to take a couple of quarterbacks and have short-term success and then ship them out the following year then what what is that that's not that's that's not what wins in the NFL. We see what wins in the NFL. Continuity. You know, you want the guy to come back, you know, master the offense and then come back the next year, you know, and learn and take it to another level. Now I've got a year or two under my belt with this offense. And he grows and, you know, you bring in a couple better pieces the next year and you learn and, and, and you're learning what that quarterback can do. And, and he's, you know, what is his strengths and what is his weakness? And you're building a scheme that fits that quarterback because that's your guy. And we haven't seen any of that with Chip Kelly yet. Yet. Anyway, train. JB, guys jumping in here at all? Well, I mean, my my take has been the same as it always been. He's got the quarterback in play that he that he wants so desperately to run his kind of offense. So now, for me, he's got no excuses. He doesn't have the role of GM, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to find another quarterback. He's got that. So, to me, there's just no excuses. It's either you you do it or you don't. And I'm not – I don't have the confidence that he can do it because I just don't think that he's learned the lessons that he needed to learn in Philadelphia to turn things around. I could be right. I could be wrong. We'll see. He's got holes to fill up. It's not just about the quarterback relationship. It's about the entire team. So he needs to solve the issues of the entire team uh, before he can really talk about being successful. Can I just ask a so, question? How do we know that he wants Colin Kaepernick? And so yeah, that's 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 <laughs> so we, we don't know, but we're talking about the kind of quarterback that he wants to run his offense. There was all this yeah. talk about Mariota wanting him to get Mariota. Well, there's not a huge difference and, between the play between Mariota and Kaepernick. Well, and the guys he had in college that he personally, the guys he had in college, he personally recruited were, were of the mobile types, and that's what makes right, it, well, his well, offense well, much let, more effective. Yeah, but but hold up. Let's not compare him to Mariota. He coached Mariota. Okay, that's a completely different. Yeah, he can't compare. He picked him. I, yeah. Okay, but he. But what what I'm saying is, how do we know he wants Kaepernick? Yes, Kaepernick is mobile, and that would seem to fit his scheme. Granted, but that don't mean every mobile quarterback. You're not gonna take just every mobile quarterback because they're mobile. How do we know he really wants Kaepernick back there? Is what I'm saying. So, so T. Brought Tim Tebow in for work this offseason. So, so T, that's almost 
in the in the in the in the direction I I was I was about to go, but more so to say that the one thing I will say about Chip Kelly is when he wasn't in control of any player personnel, the team was successful offensively. It was a it was a, it was a ten rec ten and sixteen that he had in Philly when he wasn't when he had talented players around him. Okay, um, but. Also, in this second time around, um, what comes into play is whether he can coach the entire football team, whether whether he can learn from that part of his mistake. Because he's not getting player personnel. We They've already established that. So now he's stuck with whatever the GM, whatever management brings in, whatever talent that they scout to bring in, that's what he has to work with. But the thing is, can he coach the entire team? Can he not have players whispering behind his back that, you know, there's a complete disconnect between player and coach as if we are just uh, products or commodities and not people? So mm. that's still a wait and see, no matter how you look. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I, I think, I think, you know, I think, I just think that, I, he's got to show he's got to show a player rapport that he hasn't shown yet, and mm-hmm. that to me is problem number one. Um, problem number two I agree. is I he's, he's, yeah he's inheriting a team where Kaepernick was sitting on the bench, and let's not assume because Kaepernick is mobile that that he's just going to embrace Kaepernick and, and Kaepernick's going to be the man. I mean he had Shady McCoy over in Philly, okay. Who better to fit that scheme than Shady McCoy? You know, um, you know, East-West type runner, slasher, it, and he got rid of him. You know, got rid of Macklin. Got, you know what I mean? So let's not assume that he's going to keep Kaepernick because I just, you know, and I mean, I'm looking at Kaepernick's contract and, you know, it, it looked like it, and, uh, there was a lot of talk about where he'll be in 2016, but I'm looking at the contract and, um, you know, uh, he would count a little over seven million against the cap if they cut him. Um, and that's that's getting up into some money that it looks like at least one more year. The year after that, and it's down to five million against the cap. That's a little more you can swallow that. And in 2018, two and a half million. That's nothing. But um, over seven million next season against the cap tells me he's probably not going anywhere. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Chip Kelly. Is going to follow that rule. Doesn't mean that he's going to be the starter either. So, um, but the other thing is, I, I, you know, I don't give him a lot of credit in Philly, like you guys, I think, are doing, um, because I think he he yes, as a GM, he got rid of players and replaced them with players that to me didn't seem to fit the scheme. We all agreed on that. But where my problem lies is then why didn't you change and adjust and alter? And you didn't do that either. Now, that is, that is forget GM, forget that. As a head coach, if I'm running this way and I'm calling plays like this and it's not being executed because I have the wrong talent, then your job is to make those adjustments and have the right calls and the right scheme. And he never did that, never did that. So I don't, I just, I don't have that t- confidence in this guy um, for those reasons. Now, we'll see what happens. He's, he's, 
inheriting a very, you know, this year, clearly the guy that they had as the head coach was brought in for a year to kind of hold the space. Um, the team is, is nothing like it was just, what, three years ago, four years ago, whenever they were in a Super Bowl, completely different team. A lot of the superstars are gone. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they're able to develop, and uh, we'll see how long, what type of leash Philly gives uh, Chip Kelly over there. So, all right. Um, hey, we're uh, we're done. We're at the end of the show. We've covered the things that I wanted to, to cover, and um, next week we're going to dive, man. We're going to dive right in. Let me remind everybody, tomorrow night is the Pro Bowl draft. Um, Michael Irvin against uh, Jerry Rice. I actually like this. I actually think the NFL uh, is on to something with this Pro Bowl. I'm entertained by it. It's fun. They've gotten rid of the conferences. It's just two coaches. So, you know, um, even a situation where you can have two guys from the same team playing against each other, um, which I think, I mean, it just, I like it. I, I think they finally found a formula that'll work. So draft on that is tomorrow night, and then the game is Sunday. Um, so if you're a football fan, you'll probably want to catch that. And then, of course, Super Bowl one week away. So um, next week we're going to dive in, man. We're going we're gonna to just tear this, this matchup apart, um, you know, and, and we'll make predictions. And let's see, um, you know, who we think will win between Denver and Carolina. Um, K-Star, any final words? No, it was a great show, especially for it, you know, Super Bowl being two weeks away. Uh, and the fact that we were able to manufacture discussion for two hours is pretty awesome. All right. JB, any uh, final words? Yeah, I figured back on K-Star's statement. Great show. Also, East West, or excuse me, the Senior Bowl is coming up on oh, January yeah. 30. Meant to mention that. Something Very good. That, yeah, y'all may want to pay close attention to this one. Uh, it's going to be very good. A lot of uh, quarterbacks uh, went from, I think it's uh, either from an FCS school, big-time quarterbacks, maybe the best in the draft. Jared Goff out of California is probably going to get some time, too, if I'm not mistaken. I could be. But nonetheless, it's going to be worth watching to see where these players end up in the uh, in the upcoming draft. So it should be a good, good game to watch. And uh, Cowboy Nation, Jason Garrett and his coaching staff are coaching one of the teams which is a wonderful yeah. thing for the Cowboys because you get an up-close-and-personal look. I mean, with the number four pick, you know, you get an up-close-and-personal look. You practice with these guys for a week, which they're doing as we speak, and you get a really good close look at these players to help inform what you may want to do in the dress. It's almost unfair. It really is. It's almost unfair. But there'll be plenty of scouts there, too. But thank you, Jay, for mentioning that. I did want to mention the senior bowl. Um, so a good, 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 good look there. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State is the one that's got all the talk right now. Going to be very interesting to see how he does. Okay. Beautiful. Um, Dr. Train, final words. Man, not really much to say. You know, really just looking forward to the Super Bowl, but I, I would try to get around to watching both the, the, the Senior Bowl and and, and the uh, and then the Pro Bowl this this, this weekend. Almost time to switch gears to to basketball season. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. unstoppable. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Literally, I have not seen anything like this since the '90s Bulls. I mean, this is oh just, my. Ooh. This really, 
Um, I mean, what they did to San Antonio. Now, San Antonio didn't have Duncan last night, but what they did to San Antonio is just sickening. What they've done to the Chicago and 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 LeBron over there yes. in Cleveland is. I oh mean, my goodness. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's yeah, and you they're, know, they make it fun to watch. And, and you know, Cleveland. You know, <laughs> uh, Cleveland realizes they need a change. I mean, this guy was thirty and eleven as a head coach, and they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They know they need I a almost, better coach. I almost couldn't come on and argue for Levy Smith knowing they're like, dang, they fired David Platten. He's actually, he actually won a lot of his games. Hey, yeah. yeah. Some teams just say, hey, I, I don't. Sometimes you don't know all the inner workings. But uh, needs to say, I, I just look forward to seeing how dominant they can they can be. Well, I mean, that's right. how you know you're embarrassed. That's how you know you get embarrassed, by the way. When you get blown out, and then you fire someone. That's how you know it was bad. Well, all, all I'll say is this: you know, um, this is this is for me. This is LeBron. This is where LeBron either steps up and becomes the heir apparent, or just stays as a great player because. You know, in the Jordan era, you would have never seen this, right? And that's who everyone, that's everyone's standard, right? So, okay, LeBron, you know, this guy right now, this guy named Steph Curry, and this team right now is hands down the best. And when Jordan was on his runs, there was no other team that you got, you know, it it was always who's going to challenge the Bulls, not, oh, my God, this team, no, no. And if there was, you know, the time with Clyde Drexler and all that, Jordan just shut it down. Okay, y'all lost last year. You got an excuse. You know, you had some stars hurt last year. What you going to do now? And, and oh, and one last thing, and I know this ain't a basketball show, but whoever on ESPN put Kevin Love as the 99th all-time gre- greatest player needs to be slapped in the mouth. What? 99th. <laughs> they did all that? Time. Kevin Love, all-time oh my God. greatest player in the NBA. Kevin Love at 99. Kevin Love, Ooh. not. Not oh, 99 wow. like best now. Not 99 like best, you know, this 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 generation. No, all-time all-time oh, all ranking Kevin Love at 99. Are you smoking something? Uh, you there's only 98 better players ever in the NFL in NBA over Kevin Love? Only 98? Hey man, ESPN had to get the, get a white guy in there somehow, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of white guys you can put in there. Larry Bird. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I was just making a joke because that doesn't make any sense as to why he'd be in there. That's ridiculous. I don't understand that. I put Tom Chambers in before that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you got got Steve Nash. You got John Stockton. You know, there's plenty of white boys that you could put in there in the top 100 all time, okay? Chris Mullen. You know, there's plenty. Kevin Love? Man. Yeah. I agree with you, Jay. Tom Chambers. (laughs) White guy with 50-inch vertical leap yep. for a white boy. I give him credit, man. So, <laughs> ain't, nothing like that, ain't nothing like that double pump down the lane back in 87. I don't yeah, know I who he stuffed it on. My I, goodness. And that looked like he just kept going up as he was dunking. It was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, he just kept elevating. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, mm-hmm. so, such, such, right. an, such an ESPN move to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, all right. Well, since this is not the NBA voice, 
Um, I will. We will end the show now, and uh, we will come back next week and talk about uh, the Super Bowl. We're gonna get that into it, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get a special guest to come on the show next Tuesday night. Let's just see. Let's see what I can come up with. Let's just see who I can pull for out of the out of the depths of the archives of the Madden Voice and see who we can get to come on the show next Tuesday night. Stay tuned, everybody. So for Dr. Train, for JP, and for K-Star, thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday night. And remember, we got a Super Bowl coming up, and oh, hell yeah, the feud will be settled on the field. Good night, everybody.